buying versus renting. You put it out there, and most people are like, you know, reasons you should rent, reasons you should buy, and make little graphics, and that's you know that's all well and good. And then eventually, there's the one guy that walks in with what he thinks is the silver bullet or gal to the answer, which is, well, if I rent, I'm not committing myself to this gigantic purchase. I'm not saddled with a 30-year payment. I don't have to make repairs on my house because I have a landlord, so on, so forth, so on, so forth. And when you, when you examine that in a vacuum, when you just look at that and say, okay, let's silo that thought off and make that comparison, mm -hmm. which is exactly what they're trying to do, well, then they're right. Then they're right. If you look at it through that prism, because, oh, well, all I have to do is make my monthly payment, and I have a place to put my head for the next 28 to 31 days, and if something breaks, I just pick up the phone, and I carry on with my day, and when I'm ready to make my next life's choice, I just give the proper notice, and I'm gone. Okay, great. But here's what they're missing, and this is the part that these kinds of people generally don't want to hear, is that... Yes, yes you are. You have all that at your disposal. But what you're not doing, avoiding a problem, is not creating a solution. Correct. You do not get abridged addition by subtraction. So while I'll use myself in this example. While they're picking up a phone to a landlord and I'm mowing the grass, or while they're counting down the days at the end of their lease so they can go move to the cool part of the city, and I'm, you know, saddled with my 30-year mortgage and all that kind of stuff. What they don't understand is that, okay, great, let's break down a mortgage. So let's say I'll use my mortgage. My mortgage is $1,049.62 a month, okay? That's, a lot of that is interest right now because I'm still in the early stages of a 30-year mortgage, mm -hmm. right? But here's what they don't get. That interest is tax-deductible against my income. So if you take a renter versus me as a homeowner, and we both do the exact same thing for work, we work for the same place, make the exact same money, at the end of the year, I keep more of my money than they do. It's just a fact, because the government wants you to buy a house. Mm -hmm. So they make your mortgage insurance, or excuse me, your mortgage uh, interest tax deductible. Okay, well, if you take the same person as far as what they're renting, chances are whatever they're renting is gonna be dramatically smaller than what I have. Not saying mm -hmm. that that's a big deal, uh, who cares? Some people want to live in a shoebox. That's on them. However, in addition to my interest on my loan, I'm also paying federal taxes on my land. Also tax deductible. So realistic, okay. And then you look at the rest of my mortgage, okay? Which is going to be what? Principal and what, what else? Insurance, okay? That insurance takes care of all that other stuff. It burns down, this breaks, a flood. I'm in good shape, okay? They're gonna come in, well, I'm in good shape, but they're gonna come in and they're gonna repair all that. Your apartment building burns down, you're still back at square one. You're looking for someplace else to live. And as far as the principal goes, I'm buying into a property that, in theory, is continuing to go up just by virtue of the fact that I'm paying down my notes and my equity grows every single year. And people are like, well, who cares? You know, you have a real estate crash, whoa, 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 whoa. let's wait for just one second. A real estate crash is a money crash. It's not a real estate crash. The, the house is still worth the same amount. The, we talked about this on the last episode. If any of you haven't seen it, go back and watch that inflation doesn't mean products get more expensive. It means the dollar's worth shit. Correct. So you might not be able to sell it right then and there for where you want to be, but if you buy a home 
like this is where you want to live and your goal is to be out in you know a year well then you fucked up sorry that's dumb however if you stay for a certain period of time this is what these folks that want to play their little game of uh well i don't have to pick up a hammer what they don't realize is that after 24 months in your primary residence if i decide to pick up and leave when i sell it all the appreciation i get to keep 100 percent federally tax-free who writes them a fucking check when they move out of their apartment? Nobody. Nope. Nobody. And if they do, if it's anything, they're, they're coming for a check from you. That's exactly right. So when you when you look, when you take the the two and you examine them over a longer time horizon, well, then there's no argument. There is zero argument to be made if your goal is to build wealth. If your goal is to have an easy lifestyle, then because you should, you should, yeah. frankly. But if your goal is to build wealth, then there's no way to do it without first starting with the purchase of your own primary residence because your primary residence is designed to be a source of wealth generation by virtue of a tax code that is written specifically for homeowners who own their own businesses and create more little taxpayers. Yeah. The tax code, I always tell people the tax code is written, there's one tax code written for the smart, there's one tax code written for the dumb, and they both say the exact same thing. That is what I generally will say to people, because the tax code is an incentive. It's an incentive plan, or it's a punishment plan. Mm -hmm. When I was working at my previous employer, and I had my big fancy salary, and I was renting a place in Pennsylvania, um, I paid dramatically more in taxes than I do now because well, if you want to change your tax, change your facts. What were the facts then? Single, high W-2 wage earner, no depreciable assets, non-homeowner with no children. That is the federal government's favorite meal. You don't need meal. money for anything. No, that's in right. In my mind. So You're we're going to as much as we can. Favorite meal. And now I'm homeowner, business owner, investor. Now my now my tax situation is radically different. And I think that's the big difference. Like everyone looks and they go, well, rich people should pay more of their part. And you go, that's not how they that's, see you. That's not how it works. When you, if I make a million dollars a year, but I have an $800,000 mortgage and a $100,000 car note, and I have two kids, one's in college and one's in private school, and I have a wife who works, but we go on vacations, and I have rental properties, they're going to ask a lot less of me than... To your point, a couple of years ago, I'm making a hundred grand. I'm 27 years old. Mm -hmm. I have no wife. I have no house. I have no car note. They look at me and say, "You only need like this much money. You're delicious. You need like yeah. a quarter of that. We're going to take 40 percent and give it to the programs because if you buy a house, you'll you'll need more money and we'll let you have more. Yeah. But everyone thinks it's all about salary, and it's not. No. That's why when you see these folks that are like running around like like stampeding and championing for like more dollars per hour like that is like you are just asking for it doing silly stuff like that because you're not solving a problem you're not solving any problem no i mean i'll tell you the, the best story i think that can help with that is i worked at the concord pike best buy mm -hmm. or, and then i worked at the pottstown best buy mm -hmm. in pa mm -hmm. and when i went from pottstown to south philly i got a three percent raise pretty on par with the rest of the country, sure. right? To get a promotion and move over to another store. Sure. But the problem is the city of Philadelphia has a 4% city wage tax. Now, most people, and I did at the time, I said, oh, so I'm going to lose 1%, but I'm in a better spot. No, they give you the 3% on the old number and they take 4% of the new number. So I really ended up losing like 3.5% because my salary went up and then I paid a big chunk. 
So I actually lost money in the transaction, not to mention now I was paying a $5 toll for one of the bridges. Yep. So I added $1,000 of an expense, and then I lost 4% on a bigger number after getting 3% on the smaller. Mm-hmm. So it's just a bunch of – it's a big ledger. Fund. It's just a bunch of people going here, 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 and they didn't realize that half of the buckets they gave you had a hole in the bottom. Yes, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. And I want to go back for a second because I made a point about – you know, differences in time horizon versus home ownership versus renting, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Any way you want to cut it, right? Because some people might hear what I say. Well, like, well, you're, you sound like you're settling in. This person might be more, you know, they want to be more transient in a you know, good way. Um, <clears throat> but this is how I look at it, right? How you and I both have the exact same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Our time moves the exact same. Whether I plan to stay at my house forever until I die, or I plan to move 50 more times. Either way, the second hand on the clock is still moving at the exact same pace no matter what you or I are doing. Mm-hmm. So when you look at those two examples and you look at the way that the, you know we're both going to file our taxes at the end of the year, we're both going to celebrate whatever we celebrate on the same you know New Year's Day. New Year, all those things are going to stay static. So when people take the you know the argument of well you know I just don't want to be in this place I don't want to be in that area I don't want to be this this is a big one I hear I don't want to be tied down who the hell's tying you I down I don't understand that logic in any rent way, it or sell it anything. it's that easy it doesn't you know, many, you know many of us are ready to sell your house if you're stuck call us right now it just doesn't <laughs> make any sense to me because it, it just doesn't make any sense to me it never it has. shouldn't I mean at the end of the day. If we really want to have, like, the, the, maybe the most symbolic way we can do it is say, when you buy a house or you rent a house, it's a piece of gold, right? Because it's an asset. All right. Well, let's think of it as gold, the most valuable thing any of us can think of, right? So you live in a $200,000 piece of gold. Sure. I rent to live in a piece of gold. Okay. At the end of however long you're there, they're going to break you off a piece of that gold, and you're going to walk away with a big chunk of gold in your hand. I am never going to get any gold. No. And the thing that I can't, and the thing that, that, that so blows my mind, one of the folks make a pro-renting argument. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't have to fix the roof. So, okay. Once every 30 years, you maybe, don't have to do something for four grand? Maybe. Maybe. Right? In this state, you can just put another layer on top. We could do that in an afternoon. It's just, <clears throat> I can't wrap my head around the logic as followed. I want to buy a house and I don't have a ton of money to put down. If you use the right programs like I did, you can walk 100% down. I've done that for several other people. If you just go the traditional route, like a lot of my customers, you put 3.5% down. So explain to me how this is a raw deal. Just help me understand anyone. I'm going to go put down 3.5% of the purchase price of the home. The bank is going to finance everything else for me. So in theory, the bank owns dramatically more of the equity in my home than I do. But guess mm-hmm. what they can't do as long as I make my payments? Can't take it from They can't do anything. They can't sell it. So if, if somebody comes beating on my door and says they're going to give me 10 billion, trillion, quadrillion, million Bitcoin for my house, the bank can't do anything. Only I get to make that decision. So what they pay for it, I use their money to buy it. I have all the control of what happens to it. And then when I decide to leave, I get to keep all the appreciation federally tax-free. The bank gets none of it. They just get, they just get paid what they owe on the note. Yep. Not to mention, 
It doesn't even have to be the last two years consecutively, Tom. I could take, I could right now if I wanted to, I could take my house, rent it to somebody else. I could go move to Texas. I could move to Tampa, Florida and live there for two years. And then I could sell the house up here and it's still federally tax-free. Yep. Because it's, I've been there two out of the last five years. That's the law. Are you kidding me? So I'm going to pay for it for two years. I'll put a tenant in there for two years. His only job is sleep, eat, work, and time. make me rich. That's his only job. And then when I'm done, I get to say, I'm sorry, Mr. Tenant, I'm going to be selling this house. You can either buy it from me, um, but I'm going to be listing it for sale. I sell it. Where All those payments he made... Where does it go? My pocket. So explain to me in no uncertain terms how being a renter makes you more wealthy when you're paying me. That's what I can't wrap my head around. I'm not saying that in a condescending way. I'm just saying it in a, in a, in a math way. And I think I can explain the reasons why. I mean, help me. Now more than ever, this culture mm -hmm. is based on external attention. Okay. We used to call it materialism, but it's not even material anymore. It's not about having a big, awesome house and a big, awesome car. There are still people who value those things. But more than that, it's how am I perceived? Do I ever look nervous buying drinks at the bar? Do I, bore, do I buy more rounds at the bar than my friend does? That has become the measure of success. What kind of jeans do I have on? Do I have a pair of shoes that's really expensive? It's bananas. So people, it's funny, you know, we learned, you taught me last week about inflation making dollars less Valuable. Valuable. Mm -hmm. But in the perception world, it's flipped. Where people say, oh, well, I have this $300,000 house that is either staying the same or appreciating. They'd rather have the cash, which is alarming at an alarming rate, historically, becoming less and less valuable. Right? It's like if... It's like the guy who bought 10,000 horses the day that the car came out. Sure. You have to realize that when the new, cooler, better way comes out, you can't just force your way through in the old way. Mm. It used to be cash because nobody had any. Yeah. And we printed a shitload of it. So now you have to take whatever's more valuable. Would you like a pound of shit or a pound of gold? Sure. A pound of gold. Unless it's 100,000 years ago and you're a farmer and you can't find anything to make your crops grow. Yeah. Then shit's probably really, really expensive. Yes. We all saw Ace Ventura. Number two, when nature calls. What started the war? That shit. Poop. Mm -hmm. Right? But it was a billion-dollar industry. Yeah. If, if it was a cave full of $20 bills... Right? It would have been the same exact movie, but it was poop. It's not about dollar per hour. It's not about what things cost. It's about what you have and what you can trade. But if you never have anything, you okay. never have anything. So are you saying, if I'm understanding you correctly, are you saying that the that there's a sort of like a sort of social currency in the way that you you're perceived by other people? Absolutely. I believe that all the most important form of attention in 2018 is externally driven, which means people get to tell you what you're good at. People get to tell you why you're valuable. And it's what causes all of these problems, right? Hey, go to college. Did you did you graduate? Go get your go get another degree. And then go get a great job. And then go have a kid. And you're like, what if I want to go to college? No. Well, you're a failure. Well, no, 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 no. It's like that in reverse. People go, look at all this cash. You see it on Instagram every day. Look at all this cash. 
all I ever see is your cash. Is it the same $1,000 that you keep showing me? Is this an episode of Beavis and Butthead where you're just handing the dollar back and forth until the boxes of candy are gone? Yeah. Because that's been given so much positive attention. But then someone will go, yeah, I just put all of my savings into a house. And people go, well, you're broke now. No, you're not. Yeah. That's it's, not how, that's not it's, how that works. It's externally focused attention. And it's interesting to me that... You know, you you brought up college. You brought up like pseudo materialism, external. There's a, there's a lot of factors there for me at least. So I look at the we use college as an example. So you know, go to college, do this, do that. A lot of folks are following an old recipe. Absolutely. And that's just how that. I mean, that's that's the that's the kindest way I can put it. Time was when you went to college, and I see all the myths and the, the myths, the, the memes and gifts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I get it, right? I get it. Well, Lois, I could you could afford steady work in 19 cent. We get all that, gang. We're all there. But let's let's take a look at this objectively. Let's let's divorce ourselves emotionally from the history. Okay. Time was when people went to college, they paid for it themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or their parents paid for it. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm of the opinion that if you can't, if your parents didn't save money for you to go to college, don't. Don't. You know why? Because you weren't supposed to. Because if your parents had money for you to go, chances are they had financial education. And then if they didn't have money for you to go, they didn't. Which means that if they didn't have financial education, and you're neither living you. in a financial world, neither do you. And what people don't seem to understand is that there's this automatic assumption that, I saw this you know, when I was in high school, there's this automatic assumption that once out of college and you have a degree in your hand, that people are going to be lined up. You did it. You're there. Yeah, you made it. You're done, baby. Like you don't get your diploma and then you walk off. And there's a bunch of eager businessmen from Fortune 500 companies with can't wait to sign you. Like you're the next college recruit. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. They still want to make sure that you have the skills that can pay the bills. It's just so you're that you're a human being. Yep. And if you, and the problem is, college tuition prices have been so hyperinflated, and the reason that that's happened is because the federal government. Has decided that they're going to the the guarantee the loans. So, a second that the government will guarantee the loans, then it's a license to steal. It's a license to steal. Of course. Well, I mean, if you came to me and said, Tommy, I need to borrow some money, I said, I don't know if I can lend you any money. You mm -hmm. said, I have this letter here that says that the government will pay for it if I don't. Yep. I'd say, How much would you like? Yeah. Is a million dollars good? I'll give you as much as I get because you can't default. Now, let me ask you this because we've been throwing around the word asset a lot in liability. So, an asset puts money in your pocket, liability takes it out. Best definition I've ever heard. Would you like to know, because the federal government has a balance sheet. They have, they have a list of their assets and liabilities. So they have a list of the things that put money in their pocket, right, like tax revenue, things like that. They have a list of things that take money out of their pocket, entitlement programs, you know, food stamps, welfare, yada, 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 yada. The list goes on and on and on. Um, would you like to know what the number one asset on the federal government's balance sheet is right now? It's probably college loans. It is college loans. It's probably. It's, I heard that it's higher than credit cards and mortgages at this point. Combined. It is $1.5 trillion. So, Thomas, if college is so fantastic, why is it that the federal government has made a business out of putting you in debt for you to go and get a degree for a job that they can't wait to pimp out to someplace else. No, 
Why? Why is that? Well, that's another conversation for another day. But it all ties in because when you're going into, so what happens is once you, you, know, you get done with all that college, they give you, what, six months? Are you kidding me? And then they want their money back because that's how loans work, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what if you can't get a job? You still have all that loan. You know what I mean? So at least I get to sleep in my debt. Yeah. And I have all the control over it. You can't sell that brain that you just put a college education into. No, and, and the amazing thing is, like, I can have a really cool car, but if I don't know how to drive it, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. So we're getting all these degrees, and that's great. And it shows that you can put your head down and listen for a long time. You can work hard, and you can put yourself on a regiment, and all that other stuff. Can but, you create? Can but, you produce? But most jobs anymore, the number one job is marketer. It's the first thing you have to do, to tell people about what you do, sell, or otherwise provide. Yes. So, like, I think it's very amazing. Like, I was at a wedding this past weekend. It was great. I love the weddings. All my friends are happily married. At least all the ones that are married are happily married. But I look at it and say, isn't it interesting that the demand for what for marriage has gone down? And we know that because 50% of marriages end in divorce. Mm -hmm. Why is it that weddings are still getting more and more expensive and happening more and more frequently and earlier and earlier? What do people think they're getting out of it? If they don't understand finances, they're not doing it for tax for tax reasons, which is the whole work. reason why the government got involved in it anyway. Yep. So it's 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 bleeding into everything, right? It's become how much money do you have? how much money do you make? Well, you don't make any money. <laughs> no, you do not. The, the Federal Reserve makes money, but nobody should be able to make it. There should be a finite amount that gets passed around based on who's providing the best services at what time. But nobody's. It's it's like it's like going to a going to see a magician, and up in the front they're going commercial for college. Look how great this is. Do this. Do that. You can rent. Here's an entitlement. And in the back, the magician is stealing everyone's wallet. <laughs> it's true, and that's and that's and that's the big distraction that everybody can't seem to wrap their head around. And you know, I feel like I get to say that I'm a millennial, right? I'm I am. Yeah, I'm a millennial. I grew up in the in the culture of everybody gets a trophy, everybody's okay, and, it's, and, and the college degree to some degree has almost become sort of the new trophy. Now, here's the thing. If you're going to be a lawyer, if you're going to be a doctor, if you're going to be a CPA, if you're going to be those types of things, well, then a degree is mandatory for you. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's just how it is. But I see these folks that are, I want to call it hiding. That's a pretty fucking angry way to say They're, it. It's, it's the most expensive version of kicking the can down the road ever. They're hiding in academia. Like, I, I remember I saw somebody, I mean, like, yeah, it's okay. If it's, if it's what you love, knock yourself out. But remember, you still got to pay the bill someday. Um, I saw someone get a degree like, on Facebook or something. I was like, oh, congratulations. Yeah, great, congratulations. It's a, it's a tremendous achievement. I mean, I didn't do it, so I can't, I can't throw any stones. It wasn't for me. I'd be the first person to say it wasn't for me. Um, and then I, I think I, I think I asked that person. I said, "So what are you going to do now?" And they told me that they were going back for the, whatever the next degree is. So my question is, how, what point do we have a bunch of twenty-eight and three-quarter year olds that are doctors in I don't know sociology, we'll say, that have never? actually produced, created, or otherwise serviced a population in the history of their existence, and they owe a quarter million dollars to the federal government. At what point does that become extremely problematic? Let me tell you something that I'm, you might not know. 
Well, you did probably, but you the listener. Did you know that there is an extreme, I'm using the word extreme here, void in the marketplace right now for skilled laborers? Yep. Because nobody, it's weird. You go to you go to college to to learn a specific skill, and nobody learns any specific skills. Nothing. All you learn is all the people. You learn the names and dates of the people who did it the best and when they did it the best. And that's really all it is. It's Which not, is amazing. Like I, I talk to a lot of marketers because it's what I do, and I'll be online and someone will go, "Well, do you know this campaign in 1928? What does this? And this is what they did." I go, "What?" In 1928, what what's still being used today that was invented in 1928? I'll wait. It's something vague like shoes, and transportation. Well, to your point, as far as you know, technology things like that, like it's incredible what you can learn. You know, just with a Google search, if you if you have the right sources. And I, I I'll give you an example. The other day. Um, Somebody that I on Facebook they 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 shared something of a, I guess someone they liked that was into nutrition and health, and I watched it and about eight seconds into it, she went on to basically bash uh, the ketogenic lifestyle slash diet, which I happen to know quite a bit about. Um, I that I'm not I'm not a physician I'm not I don't have a nutrition degree I just have the knowledge I drink and I know things. So, my response was, well, you know, this lady is, is uh, full of shit, is actually what I said. And I explained the actual science behind it. And somebody, um, another person, and I'm always in for a spirited debate. The first thing, I want to say out of her mouth, because we talk like this nowadays, but the first thing off the end of her fingers was that she um, immediately wanted to accredit herself as an expert because she went to college for nutrition. Now, that's fine, but... Cool. You're still wrong. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of the conversation, and it was it was completely civil. We're all very friendly people. But at the end of the conversation, I, I remember saying, "Well, isn't this what happens?" Correct me if I'm wrong. She was, you know, taking, you know, literally putting up pictures in her own textbooks, and um, she wrote back and she said, "Yeah, you were right." And I don't really care. I'm not like, Woo, who the hell do I care? But my point is that I just watched some YouTube videos and actually did it. And they went to school for four years and probably have a six-figure debt load. And at the end of the day, I, I was right and they weren't. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with everything. I mean, when we talk about college and things like that, I mean, look at all the people in this office that go, I want to have a podcast. But first, I have to go buy these $150 microphones and these $150 headphones and these $150 jibs and this mixer and this computer and this thing and this thing and this thing. They have a whole shopping list for $1,000 of stuff to buy. And I go, what are you going to talk about? And they go, I don't know. I'm really nervous public speaking. And I go, wait a minute. It doesn't make any sense. But it's, it's the same thing as college, right? People go, I'm going to be a businessman. I'm going to be a businessman. I'm going to be a businessman. I go, all right, uh, walk me through how you would have a – conversation around firing somebody and they go, oh, I'd be really uncomfortable doing that. You know, well, guess what business is? Shooting down ideas and telling people they're bad at their job. I was standing next to a kid at a, a volunteer event and uh, I was, he was, he, he mentioned to me that he was in college and I said, uh, oh, cool, what's your major? And he said, business management. The first thing I thought was, okay, so I didn't ask him this because, you know, because <laughs> I can be this guy. First, my thought for us, my first thought was, okay, how many businesses have you managed? Number one. Number two, who is managing a business well 
that you admire and why? And who is managing a business poorly and you think you could change or add value to? They don't know. They have no idea. They'll, but they could quote that in 1947, the Will Dobbs started this company out of his mother's basement and did this. And you're like, okay, what does that have to do with the internet and people spending 153 minutes a day on social media sites? Because he built his bit like... I always laugh at the Geek Squad one, right? Oh, you know, this guy started fixing computers and then he put one logo on one car and drove it around all of the theaters to get the word out. And then when people, enough people were asking what Geek Squad was, he launched it. They go, you can never do that today. They go, why? For the same reason you can't do billboards. Every billboard right now is an advertisement for that billboard. You know why? Because everyone's staring at their phone. You can hate it, but that's what's happening. Yeah, it's right? correct. That doesn't work anymore. Just like the newspaper doesn't matter anymore. The radio doesn't matter anymore. And inside of a year, TV doesn't matter anymore. So you better adapt because the first Fortune 500 list that came out, the biggest 500 companies in the United States, 497 of them are gone. 30 of the gone. original Dow's are gone too. Yeah, 29. Gone. 10 and 29. Gone, gone, gone. Did you, if, if you Google top five most valuable companies in 2008 and then do it in 2018, you will be shocked yep. at the inverse relate. It, in 2008, it was, I couldn't make the argument, and this is a little deep for this podcast for right now because this is a podcast by itself. I could make the argument that the financial collapse of 2008 was the death of the industrial world. The death. They say that again. Death. Look at that. 2008, it was General Electric, ExxonMobil. No, now it's Facebook, Apple, Google, which is actually called Alphabet on the stock exchange. It's all tech now. It's all this. The industrial world is happening. It's just happening in other countries. Correct. So the fact that everybody um, that kind of poo-poos, I mentioned earlier there's a gigantic uh, you know, lack of inventory of people that can you know, uh, frame a shelf or fix plumbing or be an electrician. The smartest thing you can do right now if you're 16 years old, 17 years old, and I'm not even kidding, is get out of school, graduate high school, immediately forget everything you'll learn because it was useless. Pick up a fucking hammer. Go to a trade school. They'll put you, you'll be done in 18 months, you'll get immediate job placement, you'll have no debt, you'll be making $70,000 a year, and you'll be bass fishing on Sundays before you know it. Meanwhile, yep. your buddy is telling you that he's better than you because he's going to college and that you're an idiot, blah, 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 blah. He's going to get spit out, have $200,000 worth of debt. He's not going to be able to find work. Yeah, and I mean, not for nothing, and I don't want to make my story sound better than it is because it's not great at the moment, but that's fine, right? I didn't finish college, but I got 12 years with the biggest retail store in the world who sells the most technology in the world. So I, can, I am more versed and better suited to handle today's technology and help people handle today's technology than anybody. I also did concrete work and landscaping and installed roofs Experience. and windows. And now I work here. But it's funny, like, how many more years do you think accountants have left? Whew. Because there's a thousand apps that replace that. And we talk about, oh, real estate's going to get Ubered. Banks are going to get Ubered. Mortgages are going to get Ubered. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's all going to happen. Like, it's all, like... You'll be able to type into an app that you need to build a building and a 3D printer will build you a building and then you'll digitally get approved for the more, for the mortgage on it under a commercial thing and then you'll have a 3D printer that builds whatever you sell. But it'll all be software. 
That's what it all, you're 100% correct. The industrial age. Like, there was the Stone Age, and then the Bronze Age, the Industrial Age. We are now 100% into the digital age. Yeah, the information, the information age. If Facebook can make more money than anybody else, if any one of my people on the listening to the podcast, if you can tell me exactly how Facebook makes money, I'll be impressed. Because I want to know the last time you wrote a check to Facebook. And they're the most, and they're the wealthiest company in the world. When was the last time you paid Google as a consumer? You paid them. Paid them. You pay Amazon, fine. Pay Best Buy, fine. But when was the last time you gave money to Facebook or Google? You You don't. You don't. That should alarm everyone in the world. The richest company in the world does not take money directly from consumers. That's correct. They don't. Because we had the industrial age, and then we slid into the information age, and now I, we're in what I call the age of authenticity, but I, I'm gonna, that's really the opportunity. But realistically, we're in, we're in the data age now. That's yeah. what I call it. And it's, it's funny that you say that because the biggest arbitrage, the biggest leverage point, the biggest competitive advantage you can have today is being honest. And it's just a supply and demand question. Nobody's doing it, so go do it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's full of shit. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, I think we covered a lot. That was a fun talk. Yeah. I'm sure there's questions. I need there to be comments so you can keep us going. If you want us to keep talking about the same things, fine. If you want us to change it up, fine. If you want to yell at us about how we're wrong at something, fine. <laughs> Have a good one. See you.